Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. My wife and I were in the middle of this argument. We were in a really difficult spot and we're fighting. And I said something to hurt her on purpose and just my stupidity and immaturity. And she started to get tears in her eyes. And I thought to myself, like, oh, I'm winning the fight, you know, being a really dumb husband. I thought I'm in the fu- I'm, I'm winning this fight. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, Jared, I just want you to know that I have been waking up every morning. I set my alarm to go off at two in the morning and I go into the living room and I've been praying that God would capture your heart again. How powerful is that? Jared Lopes has so much more to share about this story. He went through a rough patch in his marriage with his wife, but it's through that rough patch that he was able to become the man that he is today. He is an author, he is a speaker, business owner, and founder of Dad Tired. He's using his own experience to help other men become stronger in their faith, their family, and their marriage. We're going to hear his powerful testimony and so much more today on Connections. Jared Lopes joins us today. He's an author, a speaker, as well as a business owner and founder of Dad Tired. Let's start right there. For those who don't know, what is Dad Tired? Um, Dad Tired is a nonprofit ministry, and our goal is to help men lead their family well. There's a lot of um, resources out there for moms, it seems, but not a ton out there for dads. And the stuff that I was finding feels a little bit um, maybe for dads in the generation before me. <laughs> so uh, trying to speak in a in a language that makes sense for where we're currently at. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind Dad Tired. You've got a very interesting story. Yeah, I, um, you know, I wish I could say that I had some real clever idea about starting this ministry to help dads, but I didn't. It actually started from a really, really difficult spot in my own personal life. I had just come out of a kind of a failed church plant experience, and um, it was really, really hard for me. That's that's like the the G-rated version of that story, but it was (laughs) uh, uh, it just really, really hard. It actually sent me into a, a depression. I I was in a dark spot. I was not the husband that I wanted to be or knew God wanted me to be. I wasn't the dad I wanted to be, the man I wanted to be. And um, and totally being totally honest, I actually thought we were going to end up in a divorce. My wife and I, we were kind of planning that in our heads. And um, and and so anyway, I did I, my, my plan to be in ministry. Like I, I didn't want to be in ministry ever again. That was my goal. Like I'm never going to be part of the church world ever again. And so my wife and I were in the middle of this argument. We were in a really difficult spot. And we're fighting and I said something to hurt her on purpose and just my stupidity and immaturity. And she started to get tears in her eyes. And I thought to myself like, oh, I'm winning the fight, you know, being a really dumb husband. I thought I'm in a, I'm I'm winning this fight. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she said, Jared, I just want you to know that I have been waking up every morning. I set my alarm to go off at two in the morning and I go into the living room and I've been praying that God would capture your heart again. And yeah, that was really the start of like, um, I, I didn't know what to say at that point, you know, like how do you, how do you respond to that? You can't really like slam the door, stomp out when your wife tells you she's getting in the middle, up in the middle of the night to pray for you. And so that was really God kind of starting to chip away at the hardness of my heart. And I started to process that, um, with friends and with family. Like, I don't want to be a, have a failed marriage or fail at this whole husband, father thing. And, um, and guys started to resonate with that. And I would say, God tricked me back into ministry because I found myself <laughs> uh, you know, talking to guys full time about what it looks like to be the men God's called us to be, even though I had no plans to start it. That's what God does. He tricks you into ministry. That's, a lot that's of the right. Time, doesn't he? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> but, and that is a hard spot to be in, right? Uh, a failed church plant. Like you said, I was in church ministry for a decade, so I can imagine mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of stuff you're probably wrestling with believing those lies that you were a failure. Yeah. I think for, especially, I mean, this is true for everyone, but especially for guys. And I think, you know, me, I'll just speak personally. I, a lot of my identity was wrapped up in what I do. You know, a lot yeah. of guys feel that way where we kind of wrap ourselves around what does our business card say, or what can I accomplish? Or what am I, what am I doing? What can I accomplish? And so to find myself without work, to find myself without really accomplishing anything, it, it sent me for a tailspin. But in hindsight, it was just the Lord really breaking me down and like restructuring where I was finding my identity, which now I feel much more confident to say it's in him and him alone. But, um, you know, I had to go through some really hard stuff to get there. It's kind of like we get tied up in the numbers and stuff, right. And things like that, that determines our success. So yeah. now what determines success to you as a husband, as a follower, as a, uh, as a father and as a Christ follower then? Well, you just said it. I'm a Christ fall. I'm I'm loved by Jesus, regardless of what I can accomplish today. Um, Big part of that is like learning to practice the, the practice of Sabbath and, and doing that every week, resting really it's good for my, my soul and for my body, but really it's a reminder of the gospel for me. That's like, there's nothing I can accomplish that would make God love me anymore. And so I, I have a day every week where I do nothing on purpose to remind myself like God doesn't need me to do anything in order for him to like me. And, uh, and so, so that's a big part of it. And then, you know, success for me beyond that would be at the end of my life by God's grace, being an old man sitting in a recliner, watching my kids and grandkids love the Lord and uh, be surrounded by family and as many kids and grandkids as possible and, and still be married. You know, that that's what success looks like now. Okay. I got a million questions. We can talk for an hour. I'll try and keep it focused and I'll try and let Colleen speak too, but I'm a tired dad. So yeah. I have a lot of questions for you. But the first thing I was just picking up on your, you're mentioning Sabbath, right? And it's funny how in ministry, we don't allow ourselves the space to do the very things God calls us to do, like Sabbath and like resting, because our ministry is so busy and, quote, important that, yeah, we don't allow ourselves the rest and it ends up hurting ourselves and it ends up hurting our families. Yeah, well, I think you nailed it uh, in that statement there where I think you used the phrase or, or the word important. And that's really, yeah. we got to get down to the heart of it. And there is a little bit of a savior complex that many of us have, whether you're in ministry or not. A lot of us who are working or even, you know, uh, somebody, a parent that's staying at home full time with kids, there is this mentality that if I don't do stuff, things aren't going to get accomplished or people really need me, whether that be coworkers or a ministry or a church or my kids or whatever. There's uh, people really need me. What people really need is Jesus. And that's what you really need. You really need Jesus. And so uh, I'll just speak, you know, from a ministry perspective to convince yourself that you can't rest because people need you. Well, you're starting to blur the lines of who's really in charge here and who's really in charge is God. And so we rest on purpose again as a practice to say, I am not the God, whether I'm here or not. My story is going to come and go. Dad tired will come and go. Jared Lopes will come and go really, really, really quickly. But the kingdom keeps moving. And so I rest every week to remind myself, dude, you're not that important. <laughs> you know, like God is the hero of the story. You are not the hero of the story. The kingdom advances with or without you. What I like about this is like Mike said, uh, often we are talking to moms. It's all about the moms and dads don't really get that opportunity to talk and dads don't get that opportunity to share what's actually going on. You said now when you started a uh, dad tired that 
men were just coming out of the woodworks. Why isn't there more out there? Because I'm even listening to Mike and it's like, hey, somebody I can chat with who gets it. Why isn't there more out there like that? Well, I, I mean, that's such a huge question. We could spend hours on that, <laughs> just having a discussion on that. But I, I think one of the reasons is that we've lowered the bar for men substantially. Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with culture. I, I heard somebody talking about the other day, like, just look at the dads or the men, the husbands that we see on the most popular TV shows in the last 20 years. I mean, they're just kind of like they're goofy. They don't really have it together. They don't really like they're they don't they can't figure things out. They're just kind of work <laughs> hard and show up, you know, and kind of be silly, which, you know, all of us guys are really 13 year old boys trapped in men's bodies in many ways. <laughs> but I think we have the capability of of being leaders, of calling our families to more, of setting vision, of telling our family, here's where God is calling us and I'm going to help lead us there. Um, and so I, I just think we need to raise the bar. Even our churches do that. It's like, all right, guys, come throw axes and eat meat. Well, cool. I mean, that's fun yeah. you know, to do that kind of stuff. I want to do it. Um, but I think guys will respond when we raise the bar, when wives say, listen, you have what it takes to lead our family. I believe God has equipped you before the foundations of the world to lead our family well. Like, I believe you have what it takes. When churches say that to our men, when our, when our culture says you have what it takes, don't like shy down and be pushed down, but like you have what it takes to lead and to step up. Um, I think men will rise up to that. Were you shocked I, at I, all with the amount of men that came forward when you started up Dad Tired? Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, most guys don't really know what to do on social media. (laughs) And that's really where I was like processing a lot of this stuff, um, which is a very good millennial thing of me to do. I'm I'm 34. So I guess I'm at the very top end of that millennial age range. But, uh, you know, I was processing on social media and guys don't really like we, we watch like sports center or, you know, whatever kind of videos, but we don't really engage in community. And so to see guys like come out and say, dude, I want, I want to talk to other guys who were uh, are like-minded in this. I always say it's easier to find guys who will watch a game with you than it is to find guys who will actually point you to Jesus. And so I think when there started to be a conversation around that, like guys who were like, I'm serious about leading my family. Well, yes, I want to see the memes and make the jokes and what all, you know, all that stuff. But even more than that, I really do want to lead my family. Well, I want to be the husband, father, disciple God's called me to be. Uh, other guys were like, man, I want that too. One of the, I wish that I often wish that Jesus was also a dad and a husband in the scriptures so we could see his example. But I guess at the same time, we still see his example for us as men, don't we? Yeah. Well, and you look at when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So Jesus is a representation of the father. And so what's the father like? Well, the father is a husband because he calls his church his bride from the very first pages of scripture to the last. So we do see how he is, how he treats his bride. And that gives us an example of how to treat our brides. We also see him adopt kids into his family and father them really well, parenting their heart, not just their behavior. And so we do, I think we do get an example of God, the father and God, um, a husband that takes care of his bride. That's a good answer. You see, he did trick you into ministry for a reason. That's a really good answer. (laughs) Tell us a little bit more about uh, Dad Tired. Now you've put this into a podcast as well. You also got some books. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, I know most tired dads are... um, you know, they don't have a ton of time to sit down and read. So a lot of the resources that we create are meant to be consumed for the tired dad. Like I write books specifically to guys who don't really like to read or who don't have time to read. Um, and we do podcasts. They're usually 20 to 40 minutes long. So guys can listen to them at work or on their way to work or while mowing a lawn. But all everything we're trying to do is really practical street level. Like what does it look like to love Jesus and help our family love Jesus in the most practical ways possible? Well, I was just wondering, 
like, do you think one of the reasons it's worked so well is because it's like, I don't know, because it's an online community, it's a bit easier for men to let down their guard maybe at first and get real that way than rather being face to face with other people or, or what was it about that? Yeah, I think there's two things that are true about what you just said uh, about letting uh, guys letting their guard down. One is it is online. And so I've, I've gone back and forth in this because I've spent over a decade in the church world and as a like a discipleship pastor. And so I believe real life change happens so often in real relationships when you're at dinner tables and when you're doing life together. Uh, so I, I still want to see those kind of connections happening. But there is some, I mean, God is using uh, online communities to expand his kingdom. And so, yeah, I think there is a, it lets guys kind of break their guard down. I, I think it's helpful that there are other like-minded men who are initiating hard conversations and good conversations. And then the other thing that I think breaks that guard down is that we start the conversation talking about being a better dad, which every guy, I have yet to meet a man who's a father who doesn't want to be a better dad. Every guy wants to be a better dad for their kids. And so we start there. That's a really non-threatening way to start a conversation. And then we move into like marriage stuff, which can be more threatening because like, oh man, I'm not the husband. I know I could be. I'm, a good, I, I'm trying to be a good dad, but I don't got this husband thing figured out. So the front door is the dad talk. And then we talk about them as a disciple, them as a husband as well. What about that man out there that's listening going, I'm not even getting involved in any of this stuff. I <laughs> will not talk about my emotions, anything related to any of this. So this is going nowhere. Uh, what are your, what's your words or um, advice for that man out there? Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of first thoughts. One, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I have a feeling that you do want to be engaged on some level. I, I can't imagine you're, you're, you're totally closed off. If you are, I would ask you as a man, if you're, if you're or a woman, whoever's listening to this, if you're feeling totally closed off, I'd ask you like, is there something deeper going on when you, when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, what are you thinking about? Um, oftentimes in those quiet places is where the Lord will speak to us. And we have so much noise in the day to day, our phones, our news, the, the social media, there's just so much noise. And so when it's quiet, like what's really going on under the surface. And the last thing I'd say to the guy who's just like, no, I'm not going to show my emotions. I'm not going to let my guard down. Um, the reality is dude, uh, for you, man, you, you probably do show your emotions. Most of us guys are really good at showing our anger emotions our stressed <laughs> yeah. emotions mm -hmm. and frustration <laughs> emotions and lot, you know, short temper, all that kind of stuff. So it's not that you're not emotional or don't know how to show your emotions. You just haven't practiced expressing all your other emotions. Um, God has made you a fully emotional person. And what would it look like for you to be a healthy, emotional person to kind of practice each of those emotions, happiness, sadness, gladness, <laughs> thankfulness, you know, all those other stuff that God's put inside of you. Maybe you were talking about quiet and maybe that's one of the reasons why we avoid Sabbath often too, not just because of our false sense of importance, but also because we know quiet is scary <laughs> and we have to start really listening to what's going on inside us then when we put everything aside. I had a, I had a friend that said whenever her engine, like she could tell something was going on under the hood of her car, something was going on in the engine. She, instead of pulling over, she would just turn up the radio. <laughs> she didn't have to hear it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and I think a lot of people do that. Like they know stuff's going on underneath the hood of their soul. And instead of just being quiet and letting the Lord kind of minister to you in the quiet, I think we just turn up the radio and the radio can be a million things, you know, but I think we just try to drown that out. And I would just say, remember the verse in the scriptures that says it's God's kindness 
that leads us to repentance. So in the quiet place, it's not going to be shame or wrath or anger. He's already put all that on Jesus so that he could give you kindness. And it's that kindness that you'll experience from God that'll actually help you realize like, all right, I, I need to turn back to him. What is, um, what's been the changes like in your marriage and you and your wife's relationship now? How would she describe you now? Oh man. Well, I wish she could answer that question. Cause I would love to hear what she would say. <laughs> uh, we're, man, we're in such a, such a much better, healthy spot. Marriage has been so much fun to dream together to, uh, you know, when you've gone through some really hard stuff, when you thought, I don't know if this is going to work. And then you overcome that, uh, your, your level of intimacy grows much, much more deeply. Um, I think my wife believes in me now. She trusts me. She trusts that what I want most is for me to personally love the Lord and for our family to love the Lord. Um, so yeah, I, I think our marriage is in a really, really good spot. It's been fun to, uh, you know, I, I feel like I got tricked back into ministry, but even, even this morning I was reading emails of people saying how much they appreciate her and the impact that she's had on other people. She really gave me a glimpse of the gospel. What she essentially did was said, I see all of you. I see you at your worst and I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking around. And that's what Jesus did. That's what God did. I see you at your worst. And instead of leaving you, I'm going to make a way for us to be together. And so she gave me a glimpse of the gospel. And um, Hmm. I I think we're going to be together for the rest of our life, kind of sharing that story. I actually wanted to say right before we went into this is as a wife, it's beautiful. Um, What can come out of, of, my, well, my husband in this example, um, when they act, when you actually are vulnerable and you can do all of this, the beauty, the relationship, everything that comes out of that is absolutely uh, beautiful when you're willing Mm. to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty is often found in the hard stuff. We just uh, will avoid the hard stuff. But I think that's why Jesus said, Matthew five, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are persecuted, blessed are those who are meek. Um, nobody, in their right mind would ever call any of those things a blessing. (laughs) But uh, I think the blessing comes when we realize that we get to find Jesus in deeper ways. And so uh, if you're willing to, to go after the hard stuff, I think you'll actually find yourself more blessed than before. For those who want to learn about you, want to learn about dad tired, want to listen to your podcast. How can they go about doing that? Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Anywhere where you listen to the podcast, you'll find Dad Tired. If you just type in the words Dad Tired or uh, if you come to dadtired.com, you can check out the books, podcast, community, all that good stuff. Moving forward, what's next for you? Um, like I said, we, we I kind of want to move the community away from just online. And I'd like to start doing uh, more in-person stuff, especially as the world uh, hopefully eases up on pandemic stuff. Uh, we'd love to do more. We used to do a ton of conferences. We'd like to get back into that mission trips for guys, um, kind of guy retreats where we take guys out into the woods and just like spend a few days off the grid, just seeking the Lord and having good conversations around campfires and things like that. So uh, in-person experience is something I'm pursuing next. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation or any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.